My name is Stephen Downey and you are very welcome to episode 49 of the Mindful Living Guide. We are so close to our 50th episode and um, this week is just, it's brilliant. It really is nice um, and it's actually funny. I was saying thank you to the guest uh, a few minutes ago. I really enjoyed talking to you and um, she said to me, you say that to all the guests, but I know I do, but I really mean it. I really enjoyed this. Um, so this week I'm chatting away to a beautiful lady uh, called Dee Riley of Whole Body Wellness. Um, she is just lovely to chat to. And we there were so many crossovers between kind of thinking that I would have, uh, like we're talking about this idea of mindfulness and meditation just being an external tool and that how to integrate it into our lives. Um, Dee is a psychotherapist and uh, she also works in uh, Reiki and in cranio uh, sacral, which I'm fascinated about now. Uh, I only found out about it on this show. So if you want to hear about all those type of things, uh, sit back and listen to this week's episode of The Mindful Living Guide. Oh, you're so welcome to this episode of the Mindful Living Guide. This week I have Dee Riley of Whole Body Wellness. And uh, Dee's a, a psychotherapist and she specializes in providing a space to feel held, seen, supported, guiding you back to yourself, to come home to you. Dee, you are so, so welcome to the Mindful Living Guide. Thanks very much, Stephen. It's great to be here. Uh, it's it's I love like we were, we were just saying just before we came on it's just great to just have open conversations uh just about the whole holistic side of life that mm. many people they um they don't get into and it's just great to, um, to open those conversations up uh to people so can you take back like where did it all start for you how did you get into this whole body wellness has been in the background for a very 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 long time I suppose I'm Many things. The first thing, well, one of the things that I am is a mom. I have four kids and they're wonderful and amazing. And I've learned an awful lot through them. So through them, watching them grow and develop and watching myself grow and develop as a parent and in my mothering and what way I wanted that to be rather than just repeating the cycle that came before me is kind of where whole body wellness came from. So I was looking at, okay, this is, you know, we don't really think about parenting that much. We just do it sometimes. Sometimes you just do it and you think, oh, sure, anybody can be a parent. And that's true. Anybody can. But there's so many different ways to come at it and so, so many different ways to do it. And I suppose for me, that's where this journey began. I was looking at how I parent, the things in that that I wanted to change for me and for my kids and through that that led me to I suppose my own healing journey and starting into that and looking at I've always been interested in healing Reiki full moons all of that kind of thing it's it's always been my jam as they say and um and that's what brought me into then I I was like okay I want to change my parenting so if I want to change my parenting, I have to change the way that I look at it and the way that I am. Yeah. And that slowly led me into looking at myself and doing my own piece of healing. And then many years ago, I got a retreat for Christmas. That was my gift. 
like, what do you want? I want to go away for, on a treat for a weekend. Lovely. And I went on a retreat and it turned out that it was a silent retreat, which I didn't know till I got okay. there. And it changed my world. I can say like it was one of the best things and the hardest things that I've ever done. What do you uh, think you found the most difficult actually about silence? Because a lot of, a lot of people might not heard of silent retreats before mm -hmm. and the obvious, you're not going to be talking over it. But mm -hmm. what is the challenge that you faced then uh, over that weekend by not being able to verbalize and talk? When you're not verbalizing and you're not talking to the people around you, those pieces inside yourself, they've nowhere to go. And you have to sit with them a little bit longer than you normally would, because maybe normally you'd talk to someone, you'd distract yourself with chatting or with this or whatever. Whereas when you're in the silence, you're in that kind of internal space. And that can be like, you know, we all know that can be all time, all kinds of different things in there. But yet I found I found my for me, the piece in it was that I had been so busy doing and living that I forgot to be. Wow. So I'm just pausing here because that is powerful. That is a powerful mm -hmm. line. And so many people are like that, that we're going on autopilot every single day that we're forgetting just mm -hmm. to live. Yeah. Just to actually live and to be present in your life in the moment in the world whatever it is and that that was my takeaway piece from that weekend it was in a way it was like just mind-blowing you know it just opened up so much for me it's and, um it's, it's it's not until we take moments of that just to pause that we realize that there's a lot of stuff that needs to settle Mm -hmm. that um there's been there's been stuff going on so it's so that journey obviously it brought you into um into your old healing journey but also mm -hmm. you um you wanted to heal others and um mm. like you, you mentioned reiki earlier on you're obviously mm. a psychotherapist now i have to ask you how to pronounce this word because i'm not it's crany you you know what i'm about to say so can you take <laughs> yeah. me out of the out of the fireman here What's okay that? so it's craniosacral Okay. okay, tell me more about that. So your cranium, to be technical about it, yep. your cranium is your head, yeah. you know, and then your sacral is the bottom of your spine, you know, okay. at the very, very bottom of your spine. So craniosacral therapy is a hands-on healing. It's really, really gentle and yet can be really, really powerful. Sometimes I think it's, it's, I started in Reiki, then I went to cranio and then I went to psychotherapy. And cranio, I think, sometimes is very much like psychotherapy for the body. So it's that healing space. If you can't, you know, you just you just have that feeling inside that something's not right. Something's not sitting. I'm not sure what it is. Can't name it. You know, and some people aren't ready for talk therapy and talking about what's going on. And they might come into it through healing modalities. And for me, that was the piece with the cranio that. It gave me, when I first started doing it, it gave me the space to just be and to heal and for to be held in that very safe container that I didn't know what was going on inside me. Yeah, I knew I wanted to change it. It was like this fizziness, you know, that was constantly bubbling up and then going away again and then coming up and you're like, what's going on with there's, this? I there's can't something get rid just of not it. aligned in the right way. 
Yeah. I, that's it. Yeah. And all the stress cycles that we go through in our life and yet we forget to complete them. Mm-hmm. You know, I read a really, really good book about this recently around completing your stress cycle. Yeah. And you see, you'll see it like if, you know, like if an animal gets a fright or yeah. gets, you know, you'll, the, the animal may lie down, play dead, and then they'll get up and they'll shake it off and they'll move off into whatever it is they're doing. They give a really good shake and then they move back into whatever it was they were doing or where they need to go to get to safety, whatever. So it's that shaking that clears the nervous system of the stress that was just that just happened a, a, a physical response that mm. kind of just literally shake it out of you yeah yeah and as people and being and you know and people who are dizzy dizzy oh there you go now <laughs> people who are busy and mm. doing stuff we forget to complete the stress cycle okay so something happens in your day and it's like, oh, my God, OK, right. I have to go on to whatever it is. You know, I have to get to the next thing, get to the next thing. And you never get to complete these little cycles and the body stores them and holds them. So coming in, cranio helps release these cycles that are held up in the body. Very gentle, like I said, and sometimes it comes up like a very gentle shaking. It can be a big shake and it can be laughing. It can be crying. It can be just that sensation in the body of pins and needles or that fizzing and you, you feel different things going on and you you might not be able to identify them you might feel a little bit weird or a little yeah. bit funny but that's the body releasing the stress mm-hmm. that's held in us it's it's amazing i did um so look at the other i think it was three years ago um i did um a thing called the uh, the what's the uh carrot camino and it was walk mm-hmm. all the way uh, through uh, Leitrim and it's about 20 mile walk. So it was a beautiful, beautiful thing uh, that I knew through a group of coaches. And as I was walking, um, just chatting away to different people. And I was invited to come to a breadwork. Um, uh, it, it was a session that was actually been held in someone's back garden the following day. And it was mm-hmm. on my way home. I said, right, should I listen, what, what, what's the worst can happen to me? And it was my first experience of a really deep, proper breath work but um as i was lying there and it was a beautiful day something similar to this and um i actually experienced a really violent shaking uh mm. in my own body and it's funny you're, you're bringing this up now and that the release that i got afterwards just an emotional release from it like and like that many of these things we don't understand and i did definitely did not understand what was going on at the time but um, listen to you now like it's it's obviously a, it's it's like like you're saying that it's an end to that stress pattern just releasing mm. that uh, that stored up uh, stress mm. yeah yeah it can be very uh be very powerful and it can be absolutely sometimes you can be like what the hell is going on i haven't got a clue mm-hmm. what's going on here and that's i suppose where i come in as well holding that space and holding a very safe container for people and trying to you know maybe help them make sense of what's going on for them not really what i think is happening it's more like helping them to see what's going on and and how it's impacting themselves and their body in a way so that that they can integrate it and it's i I think it's amazing that a lot of people don't realize that there is this stress inside them uh, mm. that it can be very subconscious so that it's it's these type of treatments are are, are so so good and so positive um mm. 
So you like like I was saying, like you've been on the journey. You, you started with Reiki, and I, I spoke about Reiki many times on the on the podcast, mm-hmm. and, and how beneficial it is. Um, and so then you you moved on to cranial. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I don't have to say the whole word because I'm <laughs> tongue-tied when I try to say it. But you explained it so well, though, that it's like, um, and actually, if I turn this way, you can kind of see the chakras over my shoulder that it seems mm. like it's it's from the top chakra to the bottom chakra then. It's from the, the cranial to the sacral. Uh, well, actually, yes. the roof, roof be, be below that. But it's it's like a, it's, it's like a whole body readjustment then. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it can be very much like everybody's very different. So some people, it will be very much on a physical level. You know, that, like it might be on the physical chakras in the body and, and the energy centers and where they are. For some people, it will be more of a mental thing. And for some people, it's very much a spiritual and a soul piece. And again, then for some, it's all of those things combined into one amazing thing. So you very much meet the person, whoever it is that's coming, where they are. Mm-hmm. And I would use in cranio, I use my hands to listen to their body. So I'll use my ears, absolutely, and my eyes to see and to listen and to watch what's going on. And then my hands to listen to their body and to tune into what it needs on the day mm-hmm. and to work around that. And to to sometimes there's a lot of talk in that. And, so, and then sometimes there isn't. It's really dependent on what's needed at the time. The um, It's such a like it's, it's I, I love just chatting about um these modalities and that the the fact that just just the energy release that and it just seems like we mentioned earlier on that you're you're based not too far from me and mm. um i'm just on the kind of dublin bean border as well and it seems like it's an epicenter around the hill of tara for i i often go to um there's a beautiful meditation uh, teacher called debbie boyle and i often go to her I've practices you know you know Debbie as well, many times uh, <laughs> love the energy up at Tara uh especially in in her um her sessions because it there's a lot of healers that come to it mm. and I just I, I don't know what it is well maybe we do know what it is about the, the, mm. the energy around Tara that brings these type of people together um mm-hmm. and you, you know, can you tell me more of your experience then in, in, in Tara because I've seen you you've gone there a few a few times as well I live quite close to there. So, yeah, I, I would go up there myself very regularly for my own space and mm-hmm. for my own healing and for my own grounding and to just be there. Yeah. And I love it. And the energy there is so special. It's it's like it's really hard to explain. It's one of those things that you're like, it's similar, you know, in a way to cranio. Like, what is it? Well, the only way to really kind of get a grip of it is to be there or to experience it and actually now I do an awful lot of my psychotherapy up walking on the hill of Tara wow which is amazing so I yes it's great it's, it's I love it the, yeah no so do I like it's, it's on so many different levels yeah it's like it's it, it's just the thoughts of sitting in a stuffy room trying to pour out all, all everything that's going on with you uh can be so Difficult saying I've described that in a horrible way of because therapy is yeah, it's different not for every like other that. people. It's not it's no, it's, it's not always like that. I shouldn't say that. Um but the contrast of actually being in the vast one thing I love about um the Hill of Tower is the vastness that you you stand up and you literally feel like you are looking out over the whole of Ireland. Uh you can see so far on a beautiful day. And um to be able to chat to someone in that type of scenario, um, it's fantastic. 
I love it. Mm. I love it. Yeah, no, it's it is great. And like I said, like you've got so many different elements coming in to that. You've got the energy of Tara itself, whether you believe it or not, and that's yeah. it's okay. It still was its thing. Yeah, you've got you're actually out in the fresh air and you're moving around, and even that process and watching how people move through their process as they moved through and around Tara. It's well, I think it's amazing. I think it's really it's great. So you've got like the endorphins are kicking in because you're out and you're getting fresh air. And sometimes you're out there in the lashing rain. And that is really interesting what that brings up then. So you can really integrate the elements and the weather and what's going on, the, the land that you're walking on and what's going on and how that does or doesn't reflect what's going on in the person's life at the time. It's uh, it's very special. I'm very lucky to be able to do that and to offer that to my clients. And you like you've gone on to so many things. Like I, I want to talk to you about as well because you've gone on to um, you've studied psychotherapy and you, you obviously you bring that into it. But I think it's one of your latest what, things that you're studying yoga and uh, specifically yeah. is it Yin yoga? Yeah. Could yeah, you tell us specific. the differences? Because there's lots of people who will be familiar with, say, Ashtanga, uh, Vinyasa, and I'm pronouncing all that wrong because I'm not a yoga teacher. But what is the uh, what's the main difference with Yin Yoga? So just to let you know, like I still pronounce it all wrong as well. Like, do you know why? <laughs> I'm uh, anyway. That's another thing. So. <laughs> I've been asked this quite a few times recently, and it's it's a process. I suppose I'm working through to get to explain it to people and yeah. figure figure that piece out because I know what it means for me, and bringing that to other people. So Yin Yoga, it's a really for me. I love it because it brings in that mindfulness piece in a different way to Ashtanga, Hatha, Flow Yoga, all the other types because it's very slow. So you're on. Basically, you're on the floor most of the time. Most of the holes are done on the floor and you guide people into them and then they stay there. So yin yoga really works on the connective tissue of the body. So like the ligaments, like the fascia and the joints. And, you know, the fascia, the fascial, the facial stocking goes from the very tip of your toes to the top of your head and it covers everything in between. It's it's all over the joints, the organs, the bones, the blood vessels, the ligaments, tendons, everything is wrapped in fascia, everything. So when you're in yin and you're holding the tension on a certain place in your body, you're holding the tension in the ligaments in there, in the fascia, by doing that, you're hydrating them. You're impacting on the autoimmune system as well. It's really good for like calming that down a bit. And it's really good for the nervous system, getting back into regulation, coming back into yourself. So you'll hold a pose for anything from three to five to seven to 20 minutes. And that tension that you're held then, say, if you're if you're working on one place, you'll have tension on one side and you'll have compression on the other. And then when you release that and you go into rebound and a rebound is the state, this, this place where you integrate this hold, you'll actually feel sometimes you will feel the flow of your life force energy your chi flowing through these areas so you're working on your meridians as well as your fascia and everything 
And I just love it. I think it's fantastic. I hope I'm explaining it properly. Yeah. I, I did one session a long time ago. Um, I think it was part of, uh, there was a, a retreat uh, in, um, it was Yoga Hub I was going to at the time, mm. uh, not far from me. And um, what I found about it, which was fascinating, is that it's not just the physical pose either that, because you're saying you're, like, you're in these poses for a long time. Now ours, I'd say it was three to four minutes max we were in each one. But after 30 seconds to a minute, you kind of feel that, like you're saying, the tension. But there's also the mental kind of strength to say it's okay. You can stick with it. Whereas the, the mind is telling you, just yeah, just come out of the pose. You don't need it anymore. Yeah. But when you do stick with it and you just you feel that kind of melting, that yeah. it's just that you you the ease that comes into it. Um and I think there's there's also there's an I, I found any from my long time ago when I did one, it was just it was a mental calm from it as well, which is fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. And I always come away from a yin class feeling like my internal space has expanded. Mm-hmm. You know, like I might go in feeling like uh, quite tight and, you know, a bit stressed and everything yeah. is a bit. Oh, and then when I come out of it, it's like, oh, my God, I can actually breathe properly again. So yeah. in yoga, in yin yoga and all yoga as well, like you mm-hmm. really use the breath to ho- to help you through it. And when you're holding a pose for so long, your mind, like you said, kicks in that, ah, this is a bit, you know, you don't really need to be here anymore. Don't look at that. Look away, look away. Whereas Mm -hmm. you're learning to stay with it. So you're learning to meet your discomfort, you know, and befriend it and kind of, you know, sit with it and go, okay, so what's underneath this? Why is this so uncomfortable for me? what's going on so and and again like that works on the emotions that we hold in the body as well and the more we can sit with our discomfort mm-hmm. it actually brings so much ease into our life in in other areas absolutely yeah we used to have a, a running joke actually when i was um to my um uh, mindfulness teacher training about uh about suffering because a lot of the um the lessons that we did was all about how to sit with your suffering uh, mm-hmm. in a similar way so we used to all say about suffering it mindfulness yeah just we're suffering today aren't we <laughs> and uh <laughs> to ease with it but there was a there was a beautiful phrase that my teacher uh jane had um about because sometimes you can feel it's, it's a very icky thing we don't we don't want mm-hmm. to look at this but how she described it was about we're coming to the edge and rather than thinking of it as a sharp edge we're just polishing around the edges each time and making it m- more gentle and more gentle that we can mm-hmm. we can sit with these emotions that like our mind is it's only natural it's trying to protect us it's trying to mm-hmm. um to take us away from any hurt um but sometimes there's so much healing in just as jane says polishing around the edges of mm-hmm. of that yeah yeah absolutely that's so beautiful i love that like definitely going to bring that in oh it's it's, it's it's beautiful. It's um, but but again, like it, it just comes back to like the whether we're talking about mindfulness, where we're talking about yoga. That it's there's so many uh crossovers between all these different mm. uh, modalities that it is all about just allowing us to release and let go, mm-hmm. just release and let go. Um, and I just I know like obviously meditation is a is a massive part of um of yoga as well. Um, could you, would you have any kind of, kind of tips or backgrounds just on 
where there is a crossover between yoga and meditation and where it's helped in the past, maybe it might help uh, any help for the for the users or the listeners. Mm. Okay. I can speak from my own experience there, yeah. I suppose, a little bit. Like I used to my idea of what meditation was was somebody sitting cross-legged in a room on the floor and maybe a little cushion for hours on end being still and quiet and I can never do that that was I was like no way I can't do that I can't do that at all so I spent I suppose I found my own way into it in different ways and yoga is definitely one of them particularly for me the yin yoga because you do you are still in it and you're I suppose meditation yoga it's all it's not about conquering the mind it's about getting to know get becoming friends with your own mind really and getting to know what feels right and what you know what what's where that edge in the discomfort is is that you can stay and you can stay a little bit longer maybe the next time and like you said polish around the edges I know I'm not really answering your question but I'm no I love it (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have much structure to my question either so (laughs) and I suppose in in yin we'd use that edge a lot as well that when you go into the hold that you're meeting your edge and you're like the edge that you want is a seven so it's uncomfortable it's discomfort but it's not pain it's not sharp yeah. It's this dull edge that's not pointed, but it's like the size of the palm of your hand. Something that's uncomfortable, but you can stay at it, stay with it. And that edge might be different on different days. Because some days we're more able and some days we're not. Whatever came the day before, the night before, what that morning, whatever it is, that our edge is closer or further away. And it's it's all about learning how to stay with that and in that and that kind of reminds me of that window of tolerance mm-hmm. and learning to stay with inside inside your window because sometimes we haven't even got a clue what size our window is and through meditation and yoga and other practices we really learn to get a really good feel for what our window is and when we're outside it and how we can get back inside it. And I know some people are probably thinking, what the hell is she on about now, the window? <laughs> I understand exactly what you're saying, though, because there's so many people that they um, they may be in one place in their life and they're looking at other people who are extremely grounded and everything is perfect on the outside and it all looks absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to get from where they are right now to there. And they think it's just one big leap. But what we're kind of describing here is that it's not. It's like... It's a slow, steady pace there, constantly looking at, right, where am I on now? Is there discomfort? Can I polish around it? Can I go slightly further? And not ta- mm-hmm. not not expecting that um, changes in life become come from one big leap. They come from many, many little, tiny little steps. Absolutely. And that's the thing I use with an awful lot of clients. Like, you know, you have to make the steps achievable. Bite size small things leaps and bounds you you know okay sometimes they do work but they're really hard to sustain and it's the small pieces it's the small little practices that we bring into our daily life that really make the difference if that's just stopping to take a breath or setting your phone to remind you 
to take a breath, to check in, whatever it is. It's those little pieces. And even looking at something going, this is what I want to do, but that's too big. Okay, I'm going to have to break that up into smaller pieces so I can do it. What's my so first I, little step? I, yeah, exactly. Like I have a fear of heights. Okay. And uh, it's been there forever. And I, it used to be so bad that it would stop me doing an awful lot of things that I wanted to do, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it was that, you know, caught in that fear cycle of like, oh my God, I can't do that, I'm going to die. And over time with, you know, gently easing into it and meeting it, I've gotten better. Now it's still there. Not saying it's gone. It's definitely not, but it is still there. But I, and I am, it's still there and I'm getting better with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to re, you know, to push into my edge in my fear, with my fear of heights and, and meet it and go, okay, this is really uncomfortable. This is really scary. I was recently up in Donegal and I went to climb Mount Errigal. Wow. It was my second attempt. I didn't get there. However, I got an awful lot further than I did before. Fantastic. And that was like meeting the edge where I could go and then stopping, you know, and, and calming myself and then going a little bit further. And, you know, and, and I got a lot farther than I have and even than I thought I would that day but it was just meeting that fear talking to it and letting yeah. it know that I know you're there to to mind me and protect me and you're there to look after me so how can we do this together can we go a little bit can I go a little bit further and then for yeah. next time you know how that you're able to get to that di- that distance next time and it's mm-hmm. within you that you can you can definitely do it um mm-hmm. it's funny you're bringing up uh fear of heights actually you just remind me of recently um we went on a family trip over to uh, the west of Ireland and uh, there was a, um, a family member was actually out in Ackle. And I've never been to Ackle at all. And my wife's always mm-hmm. talking about it. Uh, so we went to um, we went to the beach for most of the day. And then they were saying, oh, you have to come to see um, is a keen beach, the, the last beach that you get to. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, yeah, grand, come on, we'll hop in the car and go to it. Didn't realise you go up the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and uh, I'm driving along next to, next to I said, Amanda, I have to pull over. I'm going to actually get sick. I have never mm. felt the feeling in my life that uh, mm. as we were going up, I just, it was like I lost all control of my senses and um, I had to literally just pull over and let her drive. <laughs> was mm-hmm. uh, But I never realised that I was there before, mm. that um, okay. it was such a fear. But like I said, mm. it's I got that far to this day. <laughs> we'll see where mm. we get next. But we still got to the beach. We still, it was absolutely Excellent. a beautiful place. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess, but uh, listen, we, we touched on actually, uh, something I have to ask because I always get to the end of an interview and I kind of forget to say the question. But um, there's a question that I ask every single person, and um, the reason I I, I always ask um my, my question every every um episode is because I love exactly what you described earlier on that a lot of people have this image of meditation that it's somebody just sitting on their own for hours on end meditating. It's not part of their life. Um, so I like to find out like what mindfulness means to each person in their life. So if I ask you, Dee, what does mindful living mean to you? What would it be to live a mindful life? I feel like this is a really generic answer. So sorry about that. Oh, we'll go deeper me, if you want. Don't worry. Yeah. Like it is about, it seems so simple, but it's not. About being present with yourself and where you're where you are whatever you're doing at the time like and I don't always manage it but it's something that I try and come back to 
over and over again. And it seems, yeah, it seems a bit generic. But but I think it's so interesting, though, you say that because a lot of people think like it's um, being present as this term. Oh, I just want to be present. But I can see from the way you described it that being present means something very deep to you, though, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's a sense that you get, but that I get inside myself mm-hmm. when I'm present with me, you know, and it's the sense of being at home within myself. That's mm-hmm. that's what it is to me. And like you said, like one of my things is in my work, I want to help people come home to themselves, to come home to you. And for me, mindfulness is that. It's coming home to me and feeling at home within me. And I say it's no, it's it's also known when you're home. Yeah. As well. Uh mm. I find like even a like, simple question I, I often ask people is like, um, what makes you happy? And mm-hmm. there's so many people that they don't know from day to day mm. what makes them happy. Because there's 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 so much on the wheel of going from place to place to place and Mm. just uh, that autopilot I spoke about. And um, it's about finding what makes you happy and what feels to be home and to be living in flow, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I had a I was chatting with my my, one of my kids, my youngest the other day about the seasons Mm -hmm. and what's your favorite season. And, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, God, I actually don't know what my favorite season is because I love them all for different reasons and in different ways and they all bring like this time of year now I know it feels like summer looking outside today it is autumn and autumn is that lead into the slowing down you know and and the going inwards and the nurturing of the self and and what's around you and and for me that's part of my mindful living as well it's like Mm -hmm paying attention to the seasons outside me and inside me, my own personal seasons and where I am in my cycle, in my day, in what's going on in my life, you know, and all, all of these different pieces. And again, I read another book recently, which I thought was real, which I absolutely loved about wintering and what wintering is for different people and how we might go through it. And I was just like, my God, that's exactly that's, that's, that's like she just looked inside my brain and wrote the <laughs> words down. But it's such a great way to describe because I had a, a guest on recently um, talking about um, she's uh, an educator in the menstrual cycle as well. And she had an amazing mm. description of uh, of the different seasons of uh, a woman's cycle as well. And it yeah. is about that kind of the wintering as well. And um it's there's there's so many different levels to it as well that um mm. it's such a great way like it's like there's seasons in nature but there, there is seasons within our lives as well absolutely and it's in everything like it's in the day it's in our breath you know it's in that breath when you're breathing in and you're breathing out and it's in our relationships like we move through seasons in our relationships with ourselves with the people around us Sometimes you're in summer and everything's awesome and it's great and you're having the crack and it's like, this is brilliant. And then sometimes you're in winter and you're like, oh, my God, I don't even want to look at your face. (laughs) And it's and I think it's really interesting. And I love that that menstrual cycle is being brought now. We're becoming so much more aware of it and we're able to bring it to the younger generations who probably know a lot of it already. 
but about tuning into your own inner cycle and where you are in it. And that in turn can help you navigate what's going on in your life. Because when you're in the different seasons, like obviously when you're in summer, you have loads of energy and you're able for stuff. And when you're in your winter, you need to go slow. You need to, you, you maybe, you maybe you need to go to bed, whatever it is, but you really need to mind yourself in that and where you spend your energy and how you spend it. And I think it's great that there's so much more awareness around that. You you just hit the head, nail the head with a word I was literally going to bring up uh, that's right away through mindfulness and it's awareness, you know, and it's, it's about mm-hmm. just bringing that awareness to where we are right now. And um, mm-hmm. and like, I know it's, it's a cliche as well, but mindfulness is like, we're doing it without judgment, you know, it's and just saying, right, yeah, this is where I am right now, whether that's a season, whether I'm, I'm wintering or whether I'm in the summer and everything is fantastic. It's, it's like the, the the famous phrase like this too shall pass. And yes. knowing that no matter where I am right now, there will be other seasons and uh, we will get to get get through this. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I've, I've really, really enjoyed uh, the conversation. And um, there's a question actually I'd love to ask actually as well. Is there anything that I didn't bring up that you'd love to chat about yourself? Oh, there you go. That's a question. Yeah. <laughs> I love it because it, it opened, I don't care. I've loads of time and I'm sure listeners are enjoying all this. Um, but is there is there is there an area of, of your work or something that um that you'd like to chat about or to, to leave us on on a note with? not really sure there's one thing if it's okay like as you said I'm dipping into uh I'm not dipping into I am a yoga teacher now as well on top of the other things that I do and I am opening up a space for classes in Beckett Mill in Mm. Mead and yeah yeah, there you go. Now, I don't up. know. Like, there's so yeah. many other things that I'd love to talk about around mindfulness and around how we can bring it into everyday life and make it something that is not a chore to, you know, that, oh, my God, I have to do this. It's like, how can we integrate it in a way that suits the person and in their lifestyle? And it's it's also important that it's different to each person as well, mm-hmm. that how somebody can practice and integrate into their life is not because there's a lot of times where we're looking at people practicing and doing things and they're saying, oh, geez, it's not great. They're able to do that. But that mightn't work for you. But equally, what you can do in your life mightn't work for them either. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and helping people figure out that piece of how it is going to work for them. And, and that is it is about trial and error and making it playful. Like, I, I think bringing that playful aspect is so important. It's like, I'm going to try this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to have a bit of fun with it. And if it doesn't work, yep. grant. And you may find that you try something and you take a piece of it that works and the rest of it doesn't. And that's OK. But it's it's bringing that playful, light energy into it, that it doesn't have to be heavy and hard because that's not sustainable. Like, you know, if something is a chore, something is oh my god I have to do this like we're so much less likely to do it but if we can do it in a way that's like oh I'm gonna go I get to go and do this now isn't that great whether it's sit alone for five minutes or 
you know, when you're making the dinner, you're focusing on peeling the carrots and chopping each one. And what does it look like? What color is it? Is this orange the same as that orange? And, you know, kind of being really with what you're, whatever it is you're doing. Just tuning into all those senses that we normally just numb and just don't just take for granted. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Listen, I've really enjoyed um, chatting to you. Um, If people want to uh, get in contact, uh, you mentioned there's a course coming up. Um, um, This is going to come out, I'd say, about, I think, a date on about the 15th or so of September um, for anyone that's that's listening now. Um, Where can they contact you uh, about your courses? At the moment, the best place to get me is probably through Instagram. So I'm at whole body wellness on Instagram and you can DM me through that. My details are there. The course, the yoga course that I'm starting starts on the 14th, but you know, it's, it's come along. uh, The details are up there and I have a few spaces at the moment for psychotherapy on the Hill of Tara, which is a wonderful place to do it. And so many, just make sure you've got a good raincoat. (laughs) Yeah, you can't guarantee the weather, but you can guarantee the experience. <laughs> can't guarantee. Yeah, and I, I, I came to that actually to mention Cara. She's uh, the first hiking psychotherapist in Ireland, so that's how I came to that. I do some work ah, with Cara for hikes. I was, a, I was on a hike actually with Cara um, a few, geez, a few months back now. It is in mm. uh, Glendalough. Um, mm. and I met her briefly there was a big big group so I didn't I, so I actually connected her more afterwards than I did actually during it um, but it's such a great idea it really really is yeah um, to mm. get there but listen thank you so much what I'll do is I'll keep um, I'll get you to send me on all those details and in our show notes there's a link above um, to our show notes and you'll get all of those connection details and listen Dee thank you so much I really really enjoyed this conversation and uh, thanks so much for being on the Mindful Living Guide Thank you, Stephen. It's been a pleasure. So there you have episode 49 of the Mindful Living Guide. Um, I really enjoyed uh, chatting to Dee and like, as you can tell from the conversation, there's so many different crossovers and from what I'm always talking about on this uh, podcast and what, what uh, Dee is teaching. Um, it's like it's I think it's so important that we try and integrate any type of um, whether it's a therapy or whether it's meditation or just into our lives but not to try and take massive leaps and I think that's where people often um, feel like they they're not successful because they take a massive change and then after a while they slip back into the same old habits and I think it's those as we said the baby steps the little tiny actions we can take so maybe from this episode maybe one thing you could do is just ask yourself what little step could I take today what little step could I take today? So listen, thank you so much as always. Um, and thank you for everyone who's reached out about the 28 journal, uh, 28 day journal that I created. Uh, unfortunately, I'm having some distribution issues. Uh, so it's not available on uh, Amazon UK at the moment. And I'm looking into that, hopefully. But like I always say, these things happen for a reason. And it all lands at exactly when it's meant to land. So I will update you as soon as I have more information on it. And um, listen, that's it for now. Thank you so much for listening and sharing. Uh, If you have any friends that you think will enjoy these episodes, please send them on and um, let's introduce some mindfulness into their day. I'm Stephen Downey and this has been the Mindful Living Guide.